Part 2. The Purpose of Entrepreneurship Development What is the purpose of entrepreneurship development? Why is it so important that we develop entrepreneurship? What are some of the common mistakes people make in entrepreneurship development? Let me quickly say that the purpose is not to eradicate poverty or reduce unemployment. As we discussed in Part 1, these are real problems that demand real solutions. So even though the common view is to see entrepreneurship as a solution to these problems, yet solving these problems is not the purpose of entrepreneurship. Right now, I'm sure you're wondering, what then is the purpose? This is what we discuss in this section. I am Binga Ajayi. Welcome to the second part of this program. When rightly done, entrepreneurship development has the effect of reducing crime, drug abuse, poverty, commercial sex, unemployment, and other social problems. These social problems are terrible and they should be eliminated from society. But let's consider for a moment the relationship between sickness and symptoms. A symptom is a sign that there is an undesirable condition. Just as fever and headache are common symptoms of malaria, this means the real problem is the sickness. The symptom is not a problem. It only indicates the problem. Therefore, when someone is sick and is displaying severe symptoms, the doctor may take care of the symptoms, but the aim is to get the patient well by treating the underlying condition of sickness that is causing the symptoms. In the same way, poverty and unemployment are not the real problems of society. They are merely symptoms. Wherever they are found, they indicate that the society is sick. These problems signify that the society is deteriorating. Now, what usually happens is we are too disturbed by the symptoms to probe deeper for the underlying sickness. So we move hastily to remove the symptoms and declare that all is well. But that never works. History shows us that artificial remedies such as militarizing the environment to reduce crime or prosecuting sex workers and drug addicts do not work. It may paper over the cracks for some time, but sooner than later the problem resurfaces. Additionally, it is such forced and artificial remedies that bring about calls for revolutions. Revolutions are similar to when the human organism forcefully vomits poison from the body. But continued vomiting is damaging to the body. So also, as history shows us, revolutions eventually become harmful to society. Therefore, there must be a much better way to keep society healthy and vigorous. Remember, we discussed in part 1 that when present conditions are unpleasant, then we must reconsider the knowledge on which they were built. When we keep dealing with social problems but they refuse to go away, then we must question what we know. What then is the real issue when society manifests these problems? Like an organism, society must keep renewing itself in order to stay alive. When society fails to renew, then its institutions cannot keep working like before. As social malfunctions persist, we see symptoms of unemployment, poverty and crime. But as the society heals, all the symptoms of sickness go away. This means that the society is fine when it can continually renew itself. Society gets sick when it can no longer naturally renew itself. This is worth thinking about for some time. The healthy society is one which keeps renewing itself. The sick society is one which can no longer renew itself. Note that society does not renew itself to stay the same. Society renews itself forward. It grows and develops as it renews itself. What then is the instrument that society uses to renew or regenerate or grow itself? It's not politics. Neither is it religion. It's not even education. It is something else that is capable of influencing and developing all other parts of society. 
if you suspect that I'm going to say it's entrepreneurship, then you're right. That instrument of society's renewal is entrepreneurship. That is why entrepreneurship is society's agent of social change. And let's just leave it at that for now. We are coming back to it later. We will discuss entrepreneurship in greater depth in another part of the program. So where are we now? We now realize that the Sikh society is one that is not entrepreneurial. It is a society incapable of renewing itself. It is a decaying society. If the healthy society is entrepreneurial, then we immediately see the purpose of entrepreneurship development. We want to restore entrepreneurship or to maintain entrepreneurship. Either way, the purpose is to create an entrepreneurial society. We are developing entrepreneurship because we want a society that organically renews and regenerates itself. At this point, it's good for us to consider how to develop entrepreneurship. This will not be discussed fully here. We will just consider it briefly as we conclude this section. But first, let's quickly discuss some three things that entrepreneurship development is not. Firstly, entrepreneurship development But first, let's quickly discuss some things that entrepreneurship development is not. Firstly, entrepreneurship development is not project management. What do project managers do? They gather human and material resources needed for a project and ensure that all of these are efficiently deployed towards a timely execution of the project. The outcome has to meet predetermined quality timelines. Additionally, the deliverables are physical and tangible most times. Building a factory, a dam, a bridge, or the purchase and warehousing of new products are in the domain of the project manager. In contrast, entrepreneurship development is about promoting entrepreneurial attitudes and habits in the society. The aim is the transforming of society by raising high-growth entrepreneurs. Secondly, entrepreneurship development is not vocational training. Vocational training is about imparting low-level economic skills that aid self-sufficiency. This includes skills like sewing, hairdressing, barbing, makeup artistry, and shoemaking. They are easy to learn within a short period and can be executed entirely by one person without any need for much collaboration with others. Then these skills have very low capital requirements for startup. Many entrepreneurial development efforts in Africa have reduced the entire process to vocational training. This is necessary or it may be necessary to lift people at the lowest rungs of society out of poverty. But interventions in urban centers which are targeted at nationwide development are different. Creating a flourishing business that is profitable, provides employment, pays taxes, and is socially responsible requires more complex skills and organizational requirements that are beyond vocational services. Thirdly, entrepreneurship development is not academic training. There are so many things our educational institutions can do well. Right now, entrepreneurship training is not one of them at least not the way it's been done right now. There are two main issues here. Firstly, there are very few qualified personnel. This does not mean that there are few entrepreneurship professors. They are experts in the many theories and debates about entrepreneurship. Formal education or the qualifications you get from reading books and passing exams is not adequate to make you a teacher of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is not something you write exams to show you can do it. Your real qualification must be practical. You must have been entrepreneurial in real terms, either by starting a successful business or innovatively creating opportunities for yourself. Secondly, entrepreneurship is eminently practical. You learn by doing. 
Many of the top entrepreneurs in the world have no entrepreneurship degrees. In fact, many of them have no university degrees at all. This is because entrepreneurship is intensely practical and cannot be captured in written exams. When we reduce entrepreneurship training to rote learning, we are robbing it of its tremendous power. Worse still, the students get a wrong idea of entrepreneurial ability as something to be proven by degrees, diplomas, or some other paper certificate. The only valid proof of entrepreneurial ability is the creation of value. If you cannot create value and exchange some of this value for profits, all of the degrees in the world do not matter. We may give a million people entrepreneurship certificates every year, but if they cannot consistently produce value, then it all counts for nothing. Now, we will look at what entrepreneurship development is. Entrepreneurship is developed as a society is infused with the spirit of innovation and entrepreneurship. This means we empower people with the ability to innovate and create opportunities for themselves, no matter what they do. To do that, we must identify the core entrepreneurial behaviors, create practical programs that teach these behaviors, stay with people long enough to have them correctly internalize these behaviors, and then we place them within a social context that encourages and supports entrepreneurship. Whatever else we choose to do, this guideline must form the basis of our programs. When we are able to successfully develop an entrepreneurial society, the old social problems wither away naturally. Society then keeps on growing and renewing itself on the path of development. Remember, if our present reality is unsatisfactory, then we must reconsider the knowledge upon which it is built. I am Binga Achai. Thank you for listening.